welcome to Wildfire Tribe Podcast. My name is Sean. And my name is Kylie. So thank you so much for listening to us again. Today we have a very heavy topic and Kylie's chosen that. So if there's anybody to blame, <laughs> you can blame it on her. <laughs> I love how you always say that I choose everything. <laughs> but before we get into that topic, why don't we talk about how you're going? So in Australia, that's where this podcast is made. It is broadcast right across the world and there is people listening in about 15 or so countries that we know of. But in Australia, we quite often say to each other, how are you going? That's our way of saying good morning, good day. Hello. How are you going? But we don't actually usually mean how are you going. But when we do actually say to somebody, how are you going? As in, how are you feeling? How are you today? Generally, it will be answered from a point of view of mostly physical, isn't it? Sometimes mental. Yeah. Oh, actually, I've got a bit of a sore knee or I've got a sore back or um, oh, a bit sad because my dog died. And on this podcast, we talk about the spiritual side of things. This is real conversations about mystical things, the spiritual world. So why is it that we are, when we ask each other about how we're going... Do we not answer in a way or respond in a way that refers to our spiritual health? Well, I feel like in Australia, particularly because that's where my experience is, that like you said before, it really is just another way to say hello. So I don't think people even stop to answer. People don't even stop to get an answer when they say it. Hey, how are you going? And you're basically in motion, walking. It's a way of like greeting. So people aren't really used to being asked the question in a way that perhaps there's some concern or a genuine interest in how the person is actually going. So often I just find that I need to stop and so no, no, really, like, how are you going? So how are you going, Kylie? Yeah, I'm going pretty good today. What does that mean? Well, I feel like it means overall, on the whole, I'm feeling good. Like So mentally? Yeah, le- mentally, I'm like in a good place. I'm feeling positive. Uh, I physically? Fe- yeah, I feel like physically it means that too. Like, I'm pretty good, which means... You were means- telling me you had a sore tooth before. Yeah, but... <laughs> well, that's physical, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's not And skin anymore. problems it's... and a number of other things. And so when I say, how are you going? You go, yeah, I'm pretty good. Actually, no, I've got a sore tooth, got a sore back, <laughs> got a sore knee. Uh, feeling a bit sad because of whatever happened, blah, blah, blah. And yet again, how are you spiritually? Good. I feel like it's, well, like, you know, it's that word again we're all on a journey (laughs) we're walking out that makes me feel emotionally angry (laughs) and like I was like our um conversation that we were having this morning and detoxifying from those negative emotions that really come out of that place of when we sit in judgment of people, of ourselves, of other people's situations and and all of that stuff would start swirling around and around rather than just being in love, in that constant love, which is really like all that we're called to do is to love God and love one another. Right, yeah. So back to my topic that I've chosen as a subtopic, which is the how you're going bit. You've, you've somehow managed to avoid completely the question or, you know, 
answering the question properly about your spiritual health because and I think it's important for me just as we were coming here this morning and we are broadcasting again right from the banks of the Clarence River and it's another beautiful sunny winter day we've got shorts and t-shirt on and we could be wearing thongs but we rode a little motorbike so we've got shoes on but it's quite sunny and warm we've got birds we're outside it's just a beautiful day so the weather's good physically we're okay mentally we're okay spiritually how do you answer that we have doctors that we can go to and they're generally for physical type stuff we have psychiatrists and psychologists and counsellors which are like for mental for stuff. mental stuff who do we go to when we've got spiritual problems or do we not even acknowledge that it's actually a realm a, di- a dimension a a part of our being that's worthy of discussion it's so true like it's crazy we are made up of three parts mind body and spirit and yet the spirit tends to be this place that is just relegated to a belief system or something that you believe in rather than actually a, a, a vital part of our makeup that needs to be in a place of wellness and wholeness and goodness. So we're sitting at the river, across the other side of the river, which is probably a couple hundred metres wide, isn't it? Like it's quite a big wide river. Yeah, it's huge. And there is a heap of really prominent buildings on the other side of the river here and they are the Catholic Church. And they have a nunnery, they have another building, which I don't know what it is. They've got multiple residences. And I would say the smallest building out of all of them is the church. The other ones are like accommodation or something. I'm not sure what they are. Obviously, they've done very well financially from spiritual guidance, have they? Yeah, you'd like to think so. Like you'd like to think it is spiritual guidance that they're giving to people. But So how... that's where we go when we've got spiritual issues. We go to church. Well, that's a very interesting thought. The spirit doctor is the church. We've got GPs. We've got specialists in all sorts of different things. We've even got ear, nose and throat guys. We've got knee specialists, eye specialists, foot specialists. We've got people who specialise in trauma, people who specialise in various other forms of mental health issues. And then we've got the church, that is the spiritual health doctor. So what do you think about that? Well, it's not necessarily that I have anything specific to say about it. It's just come to my mind as we were coming here this morning that we talk a lot about spirituality and I think for me... I feel as if the other parts of my health, my mental health and my even my physical health, both are, are really governed by my spiritual health. Mm. So therefore, if my spiritual health is not rigid-dig, like 100% right where I would want it to be, that governs how my body functions and governs how my mind functions, then what do I do to work on my spiritual health to bring everything into alignment well i think it probably starts right in the center of our being in acknowledging who we've always been like it's coming into that revelation that we are created uh, we are sons and daughters of the creator of the earth and 
and the cosmos and everything that's in it and that our inheritance is to care, be caretakers of this. to Divine health and immortality. Yeah, absolutely. Life and life in abundance. I have come so that you may have life and life in abundance. Absolutely. And I think we don't understand that. And when our our spirit man is not in his right position, like to govern over our mind and our body, that we can be in this place of feeling like we're full of doubts about who we are. We're full of worries about the condition of our world. We're full of fears about our future. We're full of all of those feelings and emotions that are attached to our soul man and that are governing our self in a way that we're detached from the fullness of who we've been created to be. Rightio. So anyway, we better get back on topic. We did actually choose a topic this morning that has nothing to do with how you're going. How's your spiritual health? That (laughs) was just a little aside. I kind of think it does in a lot of ways and it will wind itself through the conversation, I have no doubt. So what is the topic that you chose for today <laughs> that you've done research on what is it well i think after a discussion that we had we decided that we were going to talk about hell hell oh there it is <laughs> so hell the importance of hell heaven and hell in the bible hell is spoken of hell is definitely spoken of a lot in spirit circles particularly christian circles isn't that interesting i know that Christians need to have hell. Actually, hell is, in religion, in spiritual discussions, used as a, to paint a picture of a place where you don't want to end up permanently. And when we were talking about it yesterday, like this is how it came up, you were having this thought process about why do we need, as Christians, why do we need this place called hell to frighten everybody into the kingdom? Why do Christians need hell exactly like why is it even part of our theology why it why is it I just got a speedboat about to go past it might get a bit noisy why is hell important well that's that's what we'll be discussing today the aside was spiritual health and i i think that spiritual health hell all of these discussions that we have the conversations about the mystical things they all link in together, so it's not like we're way off track by starting with our spirit health. How's your spiritual health? If your spiritual health is dire, in really bad shape, you're not, not sure what you even believe, then do you need to get that right just in case you end up in hell? Well, this is what we've been led to believe. So this is a conversation, isn't it, Kylie? Like, we're not, we're not professing to be the experts at all things including hell no we just know a little bit about a lot of things and a lot of what we know is is what we're discovering it's like things that are starting to resonate with our spirit like you're saying the the more that we become the fullness of who we've been created to be the more we come into the revelation that we've been created for life and life in abundance that we're on this beautiful journey that is like this river of the fruits of the spirit that the more that we realize all of a sudden some of these conversations that we've just grown up with an understanding about certain topics that 
they don't seem to fit anymore with this God of love. That they don't make it doesn't make sense that all of these things. That but we're, we're only we're created taught. for life and life in abundance. Otherwise, the opposite is hell. <laughs> if you don't get life and life in abundance, there's no in between. You're going to hell, and you're going there forever, not just for a long time. And it's going to be freaking hot. And this is the part that doesn't make sense. Like, why on earth would a God of love who created this incredible space for us to live in and to walk the earth and to, you know, to be a part of one another's lives and that, you know, at the heart of who we are are just these people that really, in essence, are created for love. Why would he create this place of damnation and burning, fiery, Destruction well, you're asking and a question in, to punish us. in a very cheery manner, Kylie, that if you walked across or swam across this river to the Catholic Church on the other side of the river, if you went into most church services on a weekend, depending on what day they choose to have their services, you'll find that people discuss this topic very seriously. Very seriously. It's like it's the one of the most important topics to Christianity that you make... A, a correct decision about how you navigate your life so that you don't end up in that place that's eternal. So we're, we're brushing across it, we're using very light, colourful, energetic, happy language, but it's not generally discussed in a happy way. Well, Mike Parsons puts it like this. He says that... Who's Mike Parsons? So Mike Parsons, if you want to look him up, just Google him. He's... Uh, writer of a blog called Freedom Arc and he talks about all kinds of different things. He even writes about the hell delusion, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so I know who Mike Parsons is. I was asking you to explain it for the listener to just in case they haven't heard of him. But yeah, he's an English man, isn't he? Isn't yeah, he English? He is. Yeah, he's from England, um, a place called Barnstaple, where they, he has a, a um, freedom church. I think a freedom community organization. And he's released many books. Yeah, and he does very, a lot of, very thick books oh, too. Oh yes, like amazing books. He's an amazing guy who really has uh, been walking this incredible mystical journey with God for a very, very long time now, and unpacking some of our distorted theologies that we've learnt and just grown up with. It, you know, if you've grown up in church at all, or you've, you know some of the edge beliefs um, around uh, God and what we're here for and creation and all those kind of things. He's he's really good at, uh, what do you call it? You know, when you put, when you break something down, like... Um, I would say that Mike Parsons is very good at sharing about spiritual things, spirit the spirit dimension and visiting there and seeing what is there and exploring that place mm. and explaining it in a way that makes you feel like it's it's an earthly adventure so to people that haven't gone into the heavenlies and explored if you were to spend time listening to Mike Parsons you would have a better understanding of how it is you can navigate the heavens just from an earthly perspective so although he does have a deep theological belief and ability to teach about those things it feels like it's accessible to all. Oh, definitely. His language that he frames up around things is he, you know, it's it's just 
beautiful that how he breaks it all down and and it's palatable like you can sit down and digest it and mull over it and so he's not the hell expert but he definitely has spoken about hell and about what he's discovered about hell he's one of a number of people number of places that you can find on the internet if you have time to search about hell and the meaning of hell and uh, if you want to break it down into language from Hebrew and Greek and and further, uh, how important is it to you that hell exists as a Christian person? How important is it that it is the truth? If it's important to you that you don't end up there, then it's quite likely important that you should spend some time doing a bit of research on hell rather than just believing the man at the front of the church. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll read this quote by Mike Parsons, which I think is really cool. He says, Religion uses the fear of an angry God and the fear of hell to keep us in order. But God calls us to simply love him, ourselves and each other. No religious rules, nothing complicated about it. He's not angry with us. He is always the same, loving, faithful and full of grace and mercy. He's never changed. He has shown us how to love. He loves us so much that he is prepared to come in the flesh and die for us even when we saw ourselves as his enemies. If we loved like that, the world would be a different place. So the challenge to to walk out this adventure on earth as a human being, is it more about the fullness of your existence here than being terrified that at the end of it you'll end up in a, a horrible place? Absolutely. Like it's a distraction, if anything. Like it's a distraction of... Uh, you know, putting, okay, we come into this revelation of who we are, that we're, that there's a God that loves us. And then we're told that it's our job to go out there and save the world. When the world... But when you get saved, Kylie, like as a Christian person, you get, you know, in, in a church environment, most people would talk about the salvation moment. You know, you, you find God or God finds you or you have this realisation of who you are. It's this hallelujah moment of I'm, I'm now saved. And then you start going to church and you start speaking to Christians about what that means. And then you find out that you might be saved into what, from what, I'm not sure. But then you've got to make sure that you navigate life carefully so that you don't backslide or so nothing terrible happens. So are you saved then forever? Is there... Is there a period of time where, you know, from that moment on that, like when you when you have that salvation moment and everything becomes rosy and happy and at peace, you know, contentment, all of those lovely words, then, then you come into this realisation if you stick with regular Christian theology that you then need to be very careful that you keep your salvation or you work out your salvation and you don't end up gnashing your teeth. Isn't that right? That's where religion kind of messes things up, I feel that's like. That's religion. Because that's where all the rules keep coming back, like all the laws, all the things that we we tell ourselves, if we keep all of these, then our life will be good. And there's, there is some truth in that. Like if you do good things and you keep all the rules, well, your life should look good. But that's not the freedom that Jesus 
died to give us. Like that's not the freedom that we have as sons and daughters of God. Like we have the freedom that is found in that place of righteousness and righteousness is that gift that sets us free, that makes us right in him. And it's out of that place that the fullness of who we were created to be can flow. Because when we, we're in that place of righteousness, then we can't live outside of the nature of God. And this is the part that where we get all mixed up and messed up is that we feel like righteousness is something that we attain to through good works, that, that it's this place that we are perfecting ourselves in some way. But really, if we all came into that revelation of our oneness in God and our oneness within one another and of all of creation, that we shone as these lights, the lights that we were created to be, and that we loved as the river of love, that we loved one another and God in this beautiful place of wonder and childlike faith, then we would find ourselves being surrounded by the restoration of all things, that everything around us would become, would be coming into the light because we are the light, like we are the light of the world because he shines from within us. And it, so whilst ever we're focused on all of the wrongs that everyone is doing, then we're surrounding ourselves with the negative energy that is only drawing to us more negative vibes and more negative thoughts and more difficulties and all of those things that create around us our own living hell. And I think that hell is a created entity that we live within upon the earth as we're focused so much on all the things that are wrong and all the bad things and that those things just manifest and become bigger and stronger as we create this focus on them in the world that we live in. So getting back to Mike Parsons and his teaching on hell and various other people that are easy to find on the internet, you'll very quickly find that there is three or four words scattered throughout our Bible that have been translated into the word hell in English. Now, those three or four different words, and everybody needs to do their own research depending on how important it is to you to do that as well. So this is what I'm saying is not my version of this is what you have to believe. It's a discussion, it's a conversation about the mystical things. So the three or four words that have been translated into the word hell throughout the Bible and then hell has become what you think it has become, what you've been taught that it has become. If you've attended church or Sunday school throughout your childhood, you will have a version of hell that you can picture. But quite possibly those words that have been translated into that English word hell actually mean different things. It's very easy to do a Google search and to delve a little bit deeper without it even consuming much of your time. So Mike Parsons teaches about those different words, amongst other things, doesn't he, Kylie? Yeah, he does. I mean, he actually says in the whole Bible, the whole Bible is actually completely silent about hell. 
For the first five centuries, a few Christians held a doctrine of eternal torment, either for the wicked or for unbelievers. But over time, it's the pagan myths about the afterlife that have actually been repackaged and passed off as Christians, as Christian. And yeah, I found this very interesting because like you were saying, there's three or four, there's different words that have been translated into our English word hell. One is Sheol, the other is Hades, the other there's one Tartarus and Gehenna. And all of them have got interesting meanings. All of them mean something different individually to each other. They do. Apart from just lumping them all into one meaning under the word hell as well. How important is hell to you as a Christian? Exactly. How important is hell to you as a Christian? Is it so important that hell exists? That that is the only reason why you love God. Well, even those words that have been translated into hell, and strangely enough, it's the King James Bible, which is widely considered to be one of the most inaccurate translations, while also being a fixture in traditionalist Christian circles. It contains the most mentions of hell with 54 occurrences, but Typically, in most of the other translations, you'll only find hell being mentioned 13 or 14 times. And while there are all these other words like heaven, which is mentioned 644 times, father is mentioned 944 times, like kingdom and and even sin is mentioned 441 times. Why are we putting so much... Um, value on this word hell if it's not even mentioned at all in its English version. But are you a Christian, Kylie? (laughs) Well, I don't even know. (laughs) Like I am. I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm a lover of God. I'm a lover of people. Uh, Okay. So that maybe qualifies you to be a Christian because the reason why I ask is because I was challenged by that Yesterday, through a third party, I had it mentioned to me that a person that knows me distantly asked the question, is Sean even a Christian? And that's what made me think about this topic of heaven and hell. Because how important is it to you to understand whether Sean is a Christian or not? Are you wondering whether he is because you're wondering what the outcome of his life is going to be? Is Sean going to end up in heaven or hell at the end of all of this? Should I align myself with Sean? Should I speak to Sean, hang out with Sean? If I'm hanging out with Sean, should I be trying to bring him into a faith belief so that I save him from going to hell? Well, I think it comes back to that place where we started, you know, about how you're going. How are you today? Like it's it's one of those things that is there actually like a concern in that question? Do I want to associate you because with you if you say, yes, I am a Christian? Because my understanding of Christian people has just been judgment and it's been condemnation and it's been torment or it's been like, I don't feel worthy when I'm in your presence. Or is Christian for them a safe place? Does it mean that I can listen to what you're saying and I, I, I can believe you? I, like, you know, where we're My at- experience of Christianity in my lifetime, Kylie, is growing up, Christianity was very much rules and religion. It felt very heavy. It felt like I had to make sure that I was getting things right to stay on track 
because it's it's like that moral code, a way a way to live, and and that the police of that is the church. That's I'm just talking about my experience. I'm not saying this is what it is for everybody in the entire world. And then I spent some time not attending a church, not being around that, and then I came back into another church that was very very much lighter and very much rock concert very much lights and you know it was it was a dark place but uh, as in the environment the lights were off it was dark inside there was no windows and then they'd have like really colorful lights and really loud music and it was a lot of fun there's a lot of youth there's a lot of energy and so then my version of Christianity then became wow like it's really hip it's really cool it's really it's okay to be a Christian and we could even like drink alcohol but not too much uh, you know there was sort of this this new code this new understanding that I then started to learn was that we could actually uh, dress like normal humans we didn't have to wear frocks down to our ankles you know things were a little bit easier going we could even sometimes listen to like what they call secular music like um, normal human music uh, so long as you were careful about what the lyrics were uh, so things were a, a bit easier. And, and so that's my experience of Christianity throughout my lifetime. There's really only a couple of flavours that I've experienced, thankfully. And thankfully for me, I believe that God's protected me from too much of that, too much of that Christianity and religion. And, and now I find myself mostly navigating a path of existence with God on my own, with you, amongst other people that like a conversation about spiritual happenings about the the mysteries that that God has created in the world so I don't find myself necessarily attending a a um a building on a on a regular occasion and and so that's my version of of Christianity at the moment my my version of of our life and 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 the religious understandings that I have and I find that at the moment that it's a lot more peaceful and free for me and but then every now and again you find I find myself wondering you know you get this little surge of panic like oh my goodness hopefully I haven't got this wrong hopefully I hopefully I am walking the path that God has laid out for me I'm making right decisions so that I don't end up being punished I don't get things wrong and I feel like for me that 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 feeling that that oh hopefully I don't get things wrong hopefully I it, it's almost a limiting surge of of fear it's like a, be careful that you don't go over there and do that be careful that you don't listen to that music be careful don't walk into that that shop where those people are selling crystals be careful because you could end up in a really bad place at the end of all of this life because it's like that that surge of, of religion rising again. You don't want to be deceived. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't want to be deceived. You don't want to get something on you or in you, attached to you, that well, has the ability to cancel out all of the good works that you've done. And they just can't be cancelled out because we didn't do the good works. Like we haven't earned our way through good works into God's favour. Like we are always favoured. We've always been favoured. Like you are favoured. You are his favourite. It's just, it's crazy. Like I, 
I've walked with God since I was a very little girl. I don't even ever remember not having a relationship with God. Yet throughout my life, I've had these great times of of separation, I guess, where this mindset has come in to my consciousness that I'm separate from God because of my decisions. Difficult things I'm walking through in my life have caused me to be separated from God. That I've, and then when I started attending um, church uh, on and off over those years, I would find myself out on these altar calls, as they call them, which is like uh, an opportunity that is created a piece of space in a lot of churches. They create an opportunity for people to uh, dedicate their life to God. And so often the language around that is, um, have you backslidden? Have you got, have you made Not decisions? Not just dedicate your life to God, but ask Jesus into your heart. Yeah, exactly. So where was he before that? Well, there is... Even the language creates a separation. It's saying, well, he was out there somewhere and I'm inviting him in. So then when you do that, when you invite him in your heart to be a part of your life forever, then does he have the ability to leave again at some stage? Well, this is, this is the whole thing. It's like, it's like there is this language created in our religious systems that says, if I clean myself up and I do all of the good things, then he will reside within me. And if I choose to do wrong things, then he will disappear and I'll have to ask him back in or I have to continue. Or at the very least, he will remove his favour from you. And this is crazy. Like this is, I felt like for so many years, I was beating myself up and sitting under a religious veil of condemnation about the difficulties and the hard choices in my life that I was, and and that didn't need to be. So then when your dog gets run over by a car and you break your toe because you kick it on something, you know, in in a space of a couple of days and things feel like they're going really badly in your life, you can quite easily find yourself attributing that to have I got something wrong in God's eyes? Have I, what's my behaviour? Am I in check? Exactly. And that's like where this separation comes in then of all of a sudden where we're creating this separation between us and God and where that's where the living hell what have becomes I got to reality. Do? What have I got to do to get things right, to stay in God's favour, to make sure that I don't get punished by him and the worst of all punishments, the punishment of hell. And the hell is actually something that we live in right here on earth when we're focused on all of the bad things. Like you think about all of the things that that happen in our lives that we can just equate to that living hell, you know, like it's like the terror of the refugee. It's like grieving a surviving family member. It, it's living in this place of self-hatred as a neglected child. It's this disillusioned numbness that is surrounding the soldier. It's this place of hopelessness of the drug addict. It's the perpetual frustration and anger and self-loathing that is birthed, that is surrounding like the PTSD sufferer. Like our world is full of these feelings and emotions that are attached to this living hell that we find ourselves in when we are, when we buy into the separation of us and God. 
like us and love, us and the fullness of life that we're actually created to be the dwelling place of the creator of the universe, the dwelling place of the essence of love itself, the dwelling place of the rivers of living water. So apparently, Kylie, the Bible says 365 times throughout it, and that's the amount of days in a year, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty easy to remember. The Bible says 365 times throughout it, not to fear. Don't fear. <laughs> come on. And It and also says God is love. Come on. There is no fear in love. <laughs> Perfect love casts out all come fear. Come on. And I love it. It's like, and it's interesting because I've heard a lot of people teaching on that the, the one thing that is the opposite to fear to fear is faith but but it's not faith it's love it's love that casts out all fear it's when we come into the revelation of his love for us he first loved us and out of that place of being loved we can love with the love that he gives us to love all of humanity with and it's this unconditional love it's this love where we can love one another even though we don't deserve to be loved. We don't deserve to be loved ourselves. Other people don't deserve our love. But yet out of this place, we can come into the fullness and the wholeness of who we've always been created to be because all of the condemnation falls off. All of the judgment falls off. All of the hopelessness and the angst and the worry and the stress, all of those things that come out of that foundation of fear can fall away when we find ourselves immersed in the waves of his love. So how are you spiritually right now, Kylie? I'm good. Are you better than you were when we started this podcast? Yeah, let's say I am. Let's say you are. You don't have to say you are. I'm just curious (laughs) because if spiritually you're better than you were at the beginning of this podcast, is it possible that you're spiritually better just from talking about spiritual things? Yeah, I'm, I'm better from just talking about love again so the conversation around spirituality love etc god you know it it ignites that something inside you it 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 does something inside you that inspires you that encourages you and that reminds you about your spirit being would it be fair to say that yeah so why don't we just spend our entire (laughs) lives just speaking about spirit things and love and God and the goodness of him and see if we spiritually feel better than we did however long ago. Yes. And maybe even trust that as we spiritually feel better, that that will also Mm. translate into (laughs) how our body health feels And our mental health feels. It's so true. And I mean, I think we've shared a little bit over the last couple of weeks um, just about just going through some challenges as we've been engaging in uh, a breathwork course and just some of the feelings and emotions that have been locked inside our cells from past 
things that we've walked through in our life. And even though those things uh, have been, you know, we've, we've walked through forgiveness and we've gone through a lot of healing in the spaces in our relationship of different, you know, things that you say and do to each other as you're navigating life together. I felt like that I wasn't really ready for some of those things to resurface in the, the feeling of those things to resurface in my cells. And yeah, so I feel like as I've been walking through that with God and just walking through that together, yeah, there's been a, a sense of um, revisiting some of the hurts and some of the fears, I guess, of that we had in our as our younger selves. You know, when we were still figuring out who we were, we were walking through that place of an identity crisis, like trying to go, who, well, who am I? Who am I as my own self and who are we as this couple? Who, who, and and trying to figure out who that those who we thoughts, were. concerns, traumas, those feelings that you've been having that that have risen to the surface that you speak of that have been uncomfortable to say the least, and it's it's the same for me, and also the realization, of course, that I am responsible for some of those hurts that you feel because we've spent a lot of our life together. So there's that there's that burden of knowing that that's likely as well for me. At, a, at any time throughout those emotional trials, those traumas that, that you feel, do you feel as if you have been separated from God because of any of those? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do I, you think that that's true? Well, I know Do you think that there that is it's... separation from God because of the way that you feel? Well, I feel like one of the most beautiful parts about one of the sessions we were doing with our breathwork session is that um, we went back to this place in our past where we felt really hurt and and one of these moments for me I remember uh, part of it was seeing in that moment where Jesus was and I saw Jesus he was right there with me in this broken place and he was also with Sean in that broken place like he when we felt more alone than ever and we Why don't you more just broken. actually speak about that instance, like specifically, so that you can actually, you know, people can have a better picture, a better understanding of what you're talking about? Well, it was like when we were married for a couple of years and you'd been really sick. You'd had like, a, you were in the throes of chronic illness for a number of years and that had that was a lot of stress and um, on our relationship it was a financial stress it was also a a physical stress um, and an emotional stress because it was like we were young we were sort of dancing around all of that Kylie and amongst all of that as well you know I was a a cigarette smoker I was a dope smoker I was a heavy alcohol drinker you know it was definitely experimenting with any other drug that came came along as well as actually being ill from from a point of view of you know doctor being able to actually say what illness I I had at the time Uh, yeah like you say like that that definitely attributed uh, a lot of pain and suffering in our relationship but also in our finances and yeah it was a complete and utter disaster I think you're sort of dancing around it a little bit I, I want to. I want to make sure that I remember very well what it was like, so that I know that I don't want to go back there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess for me too, like it's difficult because, and everybody that's in a relationship would understand that 
there is a, it's a vulnerable place when you're sharing a part of your story because that part of the well, story Well, you wanted to do also... a podcast, Kylie, so <laughs> if you're going to do one, you just will just get it all out there. Yeah. Like, there's no benefit otherwise. Yeah, it's exactly true. So back to where you were. So it, heaps and heaps of bad mistakes coupled with maybe things that just happen in life, uh, sicknesses, etc., brings us to a place where we have a really, really tumultuous argument and I decide that I'm leaving. Yeah. Why don't you take it from there? Yeah, and and I think that 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 the leaving statement it was multi-layered at that time because there was definitely um, a, a such a deep sense of hopelessness to our situation that there were suicidal thoughts. Um, yeah, not not just leaving home, although that's actually what I was doing. I was physically leaving the house, but I was also seriously contemplating leaving the earth. Yeah, and and I feel like I there was nothing more that I could say, and we kind of like had this massive blow up, and and you just walked out the door, and I found myself just in a ball on the lounge room floor just like crying out to God just going I can't do this anymore I don't know there's nothing I can say to this person they're not hearing that I love them and I was like trying to express my love in a broken way because I was broken as well like we were broken and there and we weren't communicating very well like everything I said seemed to like twist in the air and when it landed in Sean's ears it came out completely different and the same in return like we had this really dysfunctional way of communicating and and like Sean said it was mixed in this um melting pot of uh of self cocktail of misery (laughs) it really was a cocktail of misery that was dressed up as just like as youthful partying and yeah or maybe just life experience yeah exactly you know and and it it's given us this great uh, wealth of testimony i guess to just be able to see those things in other people's lives as well as we okay so that's like nearly 30 years ago. Yeah, So all exactly. of that stuff, we've walked out, we've talked out, we've yeah. done all of yeah. the counselling, we've <laughs> talked about it, we feel like it's gone, we've been forgiven, we've gone to church a thousand mm-hmm. times, we've done all of these things. We feel as if that that's in our past, so far in our past, that it's done, that yeah. it doesn't even exist anymore. It's exactly. happened, but it has no effect on us. Then you do a breathwork course, yeah. a modality of emotional healing mm-hmm. and you find that these feelings are rising to the surface again and you've been reminded of that time yeah what my question was to you right at the beginning of this big long cycle of words yeah was do you <laughs> feel like at any time that any of those things have separated you from the love of God and the answer was yes and I your answer is like yes that. but yeah. But You're saying tr- yes, yeah. But, but when you think about it theologically, when you think about what it, that actually means, and and your relationship with God, and your understanding of who He is in your life, and and who He is in everybody's life, is it possible that 
anything can separate you from his love. No, it's not. And that was the power of this breathwork session was that that the feelings and emotions that surfaced out of the depths of my cells that were still there somewhere and and that I'm wanting to make space for the fullness of the my new creation reality. So part of these sessions is releasing everything that my cells are holding on to even though it is no fun. I'm telling you it's no fun as it's all making its way out of our cellular makeup but it's it is that in that in that um session that jesus revealed himself to me in my loneliest moment that he was always there yeah so that's that's the point of the whole conversation at the moment though isn't it is that no matter what it is that you're walking out have walked out etc no matter how separate it is that you feel from god and his love is that picture of he was always there. Exactly. And he was there with you and he was there with me. Exactly. And that's the hardest part about this whole space of hell is that we are driving the fear of hell into one another to bring us into the kingdom reality, which is life and immortality. Yet we're doing it in a way that is causing separation every time we come into a space where we feel like we've done something wrong. And this is the part that is that upsets me is because I spent too long drowning in the condemnation of religion telling me that my choices and and these things were separating me from God when there is no separation in Christ. So all along we were feeling like as miserable as our existence was on earth that it was separating us from God's love because how could you possibly believe that God loves you in the mess of all of that? And we were living in an earthly hell. We'd created our own hell. Exactly. And we were had created our own hell through fear of ending up in a hell at the end of it all. Exactly. Because we didn't realise that we had the power within ourselves to create a different future. We didn't realise that we could actually become the fullness of who we already are, that all the answers that we were looking for lay within the very centre of our being, in our spirit man, which can actually be puffed right up around our body and be the governing force over ourselves and over the earth. And this is the part that people have been buying into for way, way, way too long. So how important is it to you as a Christian to believe that hell exists? Yeah, how important is it? It's not important at all. In fact, it's important that we realise that hell is this construct that we are creating in our own mind that is creating a living hell on our earth right now. So the fear of going to hell at the end of it all is creating a living hell for us whilst we're actually here, which makes us feel like we just don't even want to be here because it's so horrible to friggin' live here that we just want it all to be over, but we don't want it to be over because then we might end up in the hell that we've been taught about. (laughs) Yet if we just for a moment stop breathe and take a look at wow the beautiful butterfly that just flew over my head the gorgeous little bird song that's in the background the waters whoa the beautiful fish the trees and you may not live in a part of the world that has fresh air and I hope that you do I I even saw some of these 
I remember seeing this um, article in COVID in the lockdowns where... Speaking of fear and hell and trauma. I know, exactly. And that was just something that we all bought into and then created our own fear. We didn't. Well, lots of us didn't. I'm seeing it start to arise again now, Kylie. What month is it? It's uh, (laughs) almost the end of August 2023 for people that listen to this at another time. And all of that period of lockdowns, etc., is in our past, yet every now and again, it must be on the news or, or something happens. I'm unaware of how it happens. But all of a sudden, people are wearing masks again on the street and there's fear in people's eyes again. Exactly. And I cannot highly recommend it more if you want to live outside of fear and you want to embrace the fullness of love, stop watching the news. Because... The reality of that as well, Kylie, like it's easy for you to say stop watching the news, but people love watching the news and people like to be aware of what's going on in the world and they feel informed and they feel educated whilst they watch the news. And I completely appreciate and understand that because, as you know, I used to have talkback radio on 24 hours a day for years and years and years and I thought that I knew everything. But at the same time as feeling like I was informed and and aware of all that was happening around in the world, I was living in a constant state of not wanting to miss the next news, just in case I, I don't know why, in case I missed something. It was like vitally important for me to not miss something. But as time goes by, and that's not our existence anymore, we don't watch the news, we don't listen to the radio, we have navigated life perfectly well without it. Yeah. So why would you choose... Don't you have a choice there to to have it or not? Is it is it like you know drinking alcohol? You can you can have it or you cannot. It's up to you. It's true. I think we don't realise how much power is in our choice, and we can choose far more than we realise we can. And as soon as we put a limitation on our choices, then all of a sudden we're putting. A limitation. I can live with alcohol and I can live without it. I can live with the news and I can live without it. You get to choose, don't you? Yeah. Neither of those choices is going to send you to an eternal hell, is it? No. But there is a possibility that your choices that you make, including those two very basic choices, can govern, can make you feel whether you are living in an earthly existence of fun or not? (laughs) I want to have more fun. Like we often talk about being the freedom and adventure mystics, you know, like I think... What else do you want, Kylie? Like we're outside in the sun, we're by the river, we've got seagulls and ducks and like it's a beautiful day. What, What else do you want? Exactly, exactly. Well... What do you mean exactly? Is there something that you want? Like, can we go and do something? Can we go and have a sausage roll? Would that make you happier? I just feel like being surrounded by people who are happy makes me happy. And I know that in the essence of it is that I need to know who I am and just to be in that place of love and and just being happy. We can choose the people that we surround ourselves with as well. And often that is the hardest part is is 
choosing a new way of living in freedom and love and everything when you're surrounded by miserable, grumpy people that only can see the bad things in the world. So you can actually choose your own level of hell on earth. Yeah, Yes. Even right down to who it is that you're associating with, hanging out with, what your discussion is about, what exactly. you're focusing on. If yeah. you're focusing on something that's making you anxious and you continue to focus on that, then what is the likely outcome of that? Well, probably more anxiety. So why, when you've got a choice, would you choose to focus on something that's likely to make you more anxious? Yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose a, a full existence, which involves riding motorbikes. haven't said motorbikes today. Oh, wow, you said them. I nearly made a whole <laughs> podcast without saying anything about motorbikes. And I'm going to hop on my motorbike and I'm going to go for a ride again because I love doing that. And the, the weighing up of options that I have in my life, whether it will give me pleasure or not, tells me that that will give me pleasure and it's not... There's nothing wrong with that. It's a life of fullness. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We need to just be embracing the choices that are before us every day. Or do I need to live day. in fear that, I'm, I don't know, like, you know, all the fearful conversations around motorbikes, etc. If I live in the fear of something happening whilst you're riding your motorbike and therefore you never, ever get to ride your motorbike... Mm. What kind of existence is that for someone like me that loves bikes? Exactly. Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, there's in, in our world lots of crazy, unexpected and sometimes really horrible and distressing things happen. And are we going to cover ourselves in cotton wool and not go outside and, and just Cover be a- ourselves in cotton wool. I don't <laughs> think that's the same. What's the saying? I knew it was Wrap to... yourself. Oh, wrap yourself in wrap cotton wool. Wrap your kids in cotton wool <laughs> so that they're protected and they're protected from the horrible world outside. <laughs> exactly. Well, we just thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Wildfire Tribe. We thank you for visiting our website, wildfiretribe.life, that has links to all of the other places and all of the other things that we're up to. Now, I've even, we've even got a TikTok channel, haven't we, Kylie? We've got probably a few. Yep. Yes, we do. Wildfire Tribe on TikTok and um, all of the social media platforms. If where you do we're... a little bit of digging around, you might even find some other things that we do as well. But we thank you for visiting us at wildfiretribe.life. We thank you to our supporters, our financial supporters. We thank you that you are the reason why we are able to do this. We thank you that you are the reason why we're able to sit here by the river in the sunshine speaking to you and other people about the importance of spiritual health. Absolutely. You're the reason why we're able to do it. We thank you so much for your support. And we, we would just uh, like to ask anybody that uh, is willing to support us ongoing or as a one-off to visit wildfiretribe.life. And the best place to do that is probably at the link, the Patreon link, isn't it, Kylie? Yep. Yes. There are lots of ways if you go to our partner page. But, um, yes, the Patreon, you can become a patron. uh, And that's an awesome way if you're loving the content. We really are just really wanting to encourage conversations, encourage you to delve in and do your own research with God. And what if you don't want to support us, Kylie? What if financially you don't want or you can't afford to? No, don't even worry. Then you just forget this whole part. It's on our hearts to provide this conversation 
free to people so that you don't have to be you so there's no burden attached absolutely no burden free from burden yes absolutely and we just love that because we're wanting to encourage people to talk about the things that previously we maybe have been afraid to talk about now in christian circles kylie there's the word blessed and and i you know i believe that we are beyond blessed and that we, we, our existence that we have, we're already living a life of being blessed in fullness. Absolutely. So it's not as though we we need other people to bless us even more for us to understand that God loves us or that, that our life is very full. We just thank you so much for the people that are listening. We ask you to like, share, comment, do all of those things. Go to our website and jump on Facebook and all of those other things and just... Have a flurry of activity. Do some love hearts and thumbs up and stuff like that. You don't even need to comment. Just to get those algorithms tickled, just to get us further up in people's searches. And we're just so excited that you can be um, a part of the journey. So don't forget, share it with your friends. Like, Let people know about the podcast. Let them know that, hey, if you want to just listen to a couple of people fleshing out their thoughts and, and just talking about having real conversations about mystical things, then it is really exciting. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us on Wildfire Tribe today. We will see you again next week. Yeah.